Thanks for tuning in to Because Radio. I'm Sunny Promolo, and with me over Zoom today is Karen Taylor Hughes, CEO of Harvest Manitoba. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Sunny. We're celebrating the centennial of the Winnipeg Foundation and are speaking with organizations throughout our community that the foundation has supported throughout the century. As a Winnipeg Foundation grant recipient in the foundation's history, we wanted to speak with Harvest Manitoba to learn about their history and contributions in the community. Can you introduce our listeners to your organization and the work you do in our community? Sure, I'd love to. Thanks, Sunny. Harvest Manitoba began, opened its doors in 1989, and it was called Winnipeg Harvest. And it was in St. Boniface, a small little building where they took it upon themselves from our founder, Lee Newton, had learned of a program of rescuing food that was actually going to the landfill, but was quite viable. And what that was, in your grocery store, there are always best before dates on canned and non-perishable items. And best before means best before sell date, not best before each date. So she had recognized that those cans of goods that were totally viable were going to the land site and decided to work with a grocery store and save some of those items and give it to folks who were struggling to make ends meet because they didn't have enough money for food. And that's how Harvest started, with one grocery store and one woman who had seen a program on 60 Minutes about a food bank in Brooklyn, New York, called City Harvest. That's how it started. And from there, over the years, it has grown and grown and grown. We moved to 1085 Winnipeg Avenue a number of years ago, and then we expanded our building about 12 years ago. So now we have a 100,000 square foot of building 85,000 square feet of that is warehouse. And why we need that space is because we now partner with over a hundred retail grocery stores across our city. And we get all of those goods that are still very much viable and any other items they are unable to um, sell during a time they used to be viable. We get all of that from them. So we pick up those items every day. And what we do is we bring them back to our warehouse where we, they are sorted to make sure they're still healthy and um, viable and then packed into hampers. And then we distribute those back to our extensive food bank network that exists all across the province. So we work with food banks, we work with low-income daycares, we work with schools in high-risk low-income neighborhoods, we work with after-school programs like boys and girls clubs, also newcomer programs for learning English and new to Canada, we provide them with food as well as we work with soup kitchens and shelter programs, things you've heard of like Siloam, Main Street Project, Mount Carmel Clinic. So basically any system that provides to vulnerable people across our city and our province, Harvest is usually involved with and provides some food to. So we serve the entire province. Last year in November, we changed our name to Harvest Manitoba and that's because we truly serve all of Manitoba. We serve up to as high as Churchill and right down to the border in southern Manitoba. We serve about 80,000 individuals a month at the moment. It is an amazing facility and there is quite a bit of misinformation spread about best before dates. And it's great that uh, Harvest is taking that into account and using the food that otherwise would be wasted. I think it's a great, people are very concerned about environment and carbon footprint and all these things, which are very important. And yeah, so we are really, it's why it started off being called food rescuing, because Health Canada has deemed all those non-perishables, as long as the can is not dented and the seal broken inside, are actually viable and healthy to eat for up to three years. 
So when we get them up after their best before sell date, we pretty much move through those items within six months. So they are still very fresh and very good. So we are saving a lot on putting those things in the landfill. So that's a great program. How have things changed over the years in terms of the work that your organization does? Yes. Well, I think when we started and Lee's Lee's first vision was to provide food to folks and families that were struggling. And that was the first thing we did. I think we also recognized that Harvest, the folks that we were feeding were probably involved with provincial or federal programs like EI or EIA and recognizing that the funds they were receiving weren't enough to meet their needs when it comes to housing and food and other items, medications, et cetera, and least of all, any kind of recreational activities. So I think there was a decision to try and become advocates on behalf of folks that had no voice. And we've sort of grown an advocacy program over the years where we focus on some of the key things that we believe impact the folks that we serve. We partner with Public Interest Law Center. So one of the biggest things we did when I just got here was we had won a decision in front of the Public Utility Board to allow that Manitoba Hydro did not raise our rates to a significant amount. They wanted to raise them 7 and 9% over a three-year period. And we actually got them down to far less than that because we talked about the impact it would have on low-income families and again put them in a position to have to make impossible choices about do I pay my hydro or do I feed my child so that was one of our biggest successes on the advocacy front and we worked very closely with folks that are focused on poverty on housing and we focus on the importance of food and how that impacts the folks that we serve So advocacy has become a big part of our program that we do here. And we also wanted to look at the cycle of poverty and knowing if you don't make a change, nothing is going to change from generation to generation. So we decided that we would try and break that cycle in two ways. Number one, by really focusing on primary age school children. As I mentioned, we do provide support for food through school programs and daycares. And we definitely focus on high-density, low-income areas. So those children are getting nutritious and healthy meals and snacks at school. We also started a breakfast-to-go program, which is a weekend program for children in those areas that take home food on the weekend to ensure they're eating every single day. My background includes social work in the area that we work. And I know there are kids that go home from school that don't have things to eat on the weekend for a variety of reasons. So we started that program three years ago. We're now currently in four really high need schools as being well received. And that was because we knew that kids were getting fed every day. They would come to school and then because their brains are fueled for learning, they have a far better chance of staying in school and finishing primary school. And um, studies show us that if you do not finish grade four or not engaged, chances of getting to high school are much farther reduced. So we want to make sure they get through primary school. And we're working with lots of our new partners to try and grow that program across our province to folks that need it. We also have created a training program. So in our warehouse, we actually have to pick up food, sort it, and then pick it for orders, put it in hampers, and then deliver it, which are all the things that go on in any warehouse. So we created a warehouse training program and we bring folks in 
mostly between the ages of 16 and 25, who are either on unemployment or EIA and haven't been able to get work or have left school and don't have any hope. We go through a process where we work with them, they come in, they get trained, they learn how to do this job, and they get some certifications from us that are relevant to warehousing. And then we have business partners in the community who then hire them. So prior to COVID, we were really on a really great trajectory where we had trained 85 students in a year and 75 of them actually got jobs. So we were really thrilled. That's another way to help break the cycle of poverty and get people working and out of the food bank system. So when COVID is over, we hope to go back to that. And we have lots of partners who are really willing to help us work with the different groups that we work with. A lot of them are newcomers or Indigenous. And I think between truth and reconciliation, there's a real desire for businesses to work with folks that they traditionally would not see come and apply for jobs. So I'm really encouraged by our city, our businesses, and the youth that are coming forward. With the impact of COVID, how has that changed the way you operate? Well, COVID, I remember it was March 9th or something last year, where because, as I mentioned, we have all these relationships with these food banks. As you remember, when COVID was just starting to kick off in Manitoba, people went through a, a crazy buying spurt where they were buying everything off the shelves. So as a result, there's nothing left for us to get. So we saw a dramatic decrease in food and we didn't have anything to share. And Harvest a long history of being traditionally able to take what we get and distribute it and never have to buy food. Well, now we're in a spot that we had to buy food. So we had to figure out how to get money in the door and then get things out the door. But also because of COVID and social distancing, we had to reimagine how we do our work in the warehouse. So we called on our friends from Boeing. They came out and helped us set up basically assembly lines mm. of how we could do our hamper creation, allowing our volunteers that were here to be socially distanced and be safe. So we did that right away for our hamper line, our sortation line. We reached out to Duha that also does lean consulting. And we applied the lean concept to all of the work that we do in the warehouse, which has allowed us to do more work. So we feed more people now than ever with less resources. Because of social distancing, we've had to reduce the number of volunteers per shift. So that was a huge change for us. So everything that we do on the floor has been completely changed. We recognize the children being home, not being at school, getting those extra meals, that families were under great pressure last year. And as we know now, the strain and the stress of mental health and abuse that's going on with people are isolated and at home and not going anywhere it can be really hard, but it was definitely harder with kids out of school. So we put together a pop-up program, we called it our Breakfast to Go pop-up. And we picked five areas, four breakfast to school areas and one other area in the city. And we put together a week-long package of child-friendly, easy-to-put-together meals and snacks for up to a week. And they would come to us, and we'd go to one site every week, and we would put our little stand up, and we would distribute that to our families. They would come with their parents, and they would get extras like milk and bread and eggs, plus these packages each child got. And we had a great donor in Literacy Canada. We were also able to supply every child with a book, which they truly enjoy. So it was a great program. So we had five sites in the city. 
We also then served four Northern Indigenous communities, two that we did by air and two that we drove to. So we basically served about 15,000 packages over a 12-week period. So we, that was a really important program. They did that, we got the 12 weeks on a weekly basis. So that was something new that we did that we hope to do this summer again. It was very well received that kids were able to eat and have nutritious, healthy snacks that they could reach out to every day. Harvest Manitoba really is Harvest Manitoba, not just Winnipeg Harvest. It is really great to see the community come together and support. Speaking of support, what has support from the Winnipeg Foundation meant for your organization over the years? Well, we've been here, we just celebrated 35 years in the, the past July. So we certainly haven't been here as long as the Winnipeg Foundation. But certainly since I've been here, um, I've had lots of contact with your donor acknowledgement group because, of course, lots of folks have their personal foundations as a part of that and they distribute to us, which is amazing. But also the foundation has grants and other opportunities. So I just did a quick check and from 2011 to now, we're probably close to almost a million dollars that we have received from the Winnipeg Foundation, which has been tremendous. Their support has been consistent. I know that Rick is just finalizing his final few weeks there. I never met him in person, but I've certainly talked to him many times. And one of the times we spoke was when he called me when COVID hit and said, how can we help? And I truly appreciated that. And we've had several conversations since just to update him, let him know how we're doing. But definitely, I love that the foundation has their pulse on the city. And when there is a need, they don't wait for people to come to them. Like with Rick, he reached out to me and that was really, um, that was really impactful to me and spoke to the foundation, the work they do, but also the leader that they had that took it upon himself to make sure that Harvest was going to be supported to make sure that we were feeding folks in the city. Do you have a message to all the donors who have supported your organization throughout its history? Absolutely. We don't see a lot of clients, but what happens is through our food bankers, we get notes and then sometimes they send them directly to us where they truly are grateful. And I think a lot of donors don't ever get that experience, but we get notes all the time. I actually got one this morning that I printed off to share with you. It's from a food banker, so a client. Thank goodness there is a food bank, especially during this pandemic. I feel like Harvest is actually keeping people alive from taking our calls, from donations to packing to delivery to the people handing out food on site. Every person deserves respect and praise. Thank you for giving us hope. That was one we got yesterday in the mail. Donors are tremendous. They are thanked. People are moved beyond belief. When we had new donors come in, with eggs and chicken and different things like this. And we get milk and we have the funds to purchase as needed or keep our programs and our trucks running. Some people, when they call for the first time, they're very anxious. But when they get greeted warmly, because there's no shame in asking for food. And when they get this package, and our hamper is about 65, 75 pounds that lasts up to about 14 days, depending on your family size. We have seen and heard people in tears being so touched that Winnipeggers and donors are giving up their funds and food to support them in need. And as a result, a lot of our volunteers are food bankers. They are clients who want to help and give back whatever they can. A great story 
Fisher River Indigenous Community outside the city was a group we did our breakfast to go pop up with last year. They were in high need and, and short supply of food for their children, so we put them in the program. And then not a, about three weeks ago, they were able to raise and purchase a pallet of craft dinner for us and brought it back to harvest for us saying, we can't do much. We don't, we've, we've done this for other people because you've helped us. We want to help somebody else. Wow. And that's how it works. It really truly is as good to receive as it is to get. And um, we see that circle of love and kindness and nourishing our communities through our donors. So definitely Winnipeg Foundation donors, your dollars are truly appreciated. We really leverage them to every extent. We continue to fight this battle that is poverty from the food perspective. And we like to say if somebody needs food, they can come to harvest. You mentioned you continue to fight this battle. So what are your hopes for Harvest Manitoba in the future? I would hope that now that we're sort of under one banner, that we are Harvest Manitoba, we would equip and continue to equip our food bankers with more skills to support the folks that come. But we would also take our training program when we get it going again, expand it in Winnipeg and offer it potentially in other sites where we have food banks in the rural areas and in the North Indigenous communities, find programs that we can run to help people get training to be able to get to get some work. I think that's the biggest piece. I think children, we have to support to stay in school. And then we need to support these young adults who don't have a lot of hope to give them opportunities to learn skills, to get jobs and change their lives. For those that are interested, how can people learn more about you? Well, definitely go to our website. As I mentioned, we just changed our name to Harvest Manitoba in November. So we have a new lovely website. Take your time, click through every single thing. You'll learn about who we serve, what we do, how many we serve. We talk about how one can help. There's many ways to help. You can give of your time, food, and or funds in ways that allow you to be comfortable. So please go and have a look. And if you have any questions, you can definitely always call us at 982-3663. And we'll definitely have someone talk to you in ways of how you can support us. Once again, for information about Harvest Manitoba, visit their website at harvestmanitoba.ca or give them a call. Thanks again to Karen Taylor-Hughes, CEO of Harvest Manitoba, for joining us today. This is Sunny Promolo, and you're listening to Because Radio. Because Radio is produced by the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with 93.7 CJNU-FM. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes or subscribe to our podcast, please visit becauseradio.org.